It is day two of Daf Hay. We are holding the Gemara on Daf Hay on the seven lines up from the bottom of the page. We've been learning about the prohibition of Balta Acher, that when a person has a commitment to bring a certain korban or other things to offer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he only has a certain amount of time to bring it, a certain number of festivals that are able to pass before he's considered to be transgressing a negative prohibition of Balta Acher, of delaying the payment. So we had a brysa on Daftalad that listed a whole lot of different korbanos and other offerings and payments that are subject to this prohibition. Today the Gemara is going to question some of these and also elaborate a bit more on the source of the prohibition of Balta Acher. So the Gemara says, O Pesach bar Mikriv One of the items listed in the brysa on Daftalad was a korban Pesach. That a korban Pesach is subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher after a certain amount of time. So the Gemara says, what does that mean? Is the Korban Pesach an offering that can be brought on any one of the festivals? Pesach zimna kviyale. Surely the Korban Pesach has a fixed time on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan. And he akrave akrave. And if it's offered at that time, then it's offered in the proper manner. And if it's not offered at that time, it gets rejected from ever being offered as the Korban Pesach. It becomes invalid. And what does that mean about the prohibition of Alta Acher? Tosfa says, Surely that means immediately after the time for the Korban Pesach has passed and the Korban becomes invalid, immediately at that point the owner transgresses the prohibition of Baal Ta'acher at that point because he's missed his opportunity to ever offer that Korban. So what is the Korban Pesach doing listed in this Brisa? Is it really subject to the prohibition of Baal Ta'acher? So the Gemara answers, Amr of Chista, Rav Chista says, Pesach Kedinaspa. The Korban Pesach in the Brisa is listed for no legal purpose really. The reason it's in there is because often the Bechor and Maser and Pesach are listed together. Ha-Bechor va-Maser va-Pesach. You're familiar from Ezehu Mekom and the Mishnahs that we say every morning. They're often listed together. And therefore the Brysa mentioned the Korban Pesach along with the Bechor and Maser, even though the law of Balta Acher doesn't really apply to the Korban Pesach. So the Gemara's answer essentially is, you're right, the Korban Pesach is not really subject to this law. The, the Korban Pesach is mentioned in the Brysa just because it's often mentioned along with the Bechor and the Maser, but it's not really subject to the prohibition. The Gemara continues, Rav Sheishas Amar, Rav Sheishas says, a different answer. My Pesach, what is the meaning of the word Pesach in the Brisa? It doesn't mean a Korban Pesach, because you're right, he agrees with Rav Chista, that a Korban Pesach doesn't belong in this Brisa, it's not subject to the prohibition of Balta in the same way as the other things in the Brisa. But he says, when it says Pesach in the Brisa, it doesn't mean the Korban Pesach. It means Shalmi Pesach. It means a Shlomim of a Pesach. In other words, if an animal was designated as a Korban Pesach, but wasn't offered on the 14th of Nisan, for example, it got lost and a replacement Korban Pesach was offered. So the animal that was originally suggested to be offered as a Korban Pesach, it becomes a Shlomim. And the Bryce is telling us that that Shalmei Pesach is subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher. If it's not offered by the end of the third festival, after it gets found again, then the person's guilty of delaying. So it doesn't mean a Korban Pesach. It means something designated for a Korban Pesach, but then got lost. Something else was offered instead of it. And then we found the animal. So then you have the regular time of three Yom Tovs before you transgress the prohibition of Balta Acher. So the Gemara says, Yehochi, Rav Sheishas, wait a minute. If you're going to tell us it's just the Shlomim of a Pesach, Hainu Shlomim, isn't that the same as a Shlomim? The Shlomim is already mentioned separately in the Brisa. Why would we need to repeat Shalmei Pesach? Isn't it included already in a Shlomim that's mentioned in the Brisa? 
So the Gemara says, Tana Shlomim Abon Machmas Pesach, but Tana Shlomim Abon Machmas Atzman. No, the Brisa mentions the Shlomim that's brought on account of a Pesach. In other words, this Shlomim that we mentioned that was going to be a Korban Pesach, and then it was lost, and then it was found again. And it also mentions a Shlomim that is brought in its own right, that was originally designated not as a Korban Pesach, but as a regular Shlomim. Why does it have to mention both? Because Sal Kadata you otherwise might have thought, Hol Machmas Pesach Kaosu, since this Shlomim that's from a Korban Pesach, is coming on account of the Pesach. The only reason it's sanctified in the first place is because it was going to be a Korban Pesach, but now it becomes a Shlomim. So, Kapesach Domu, you might think since it comes from the Korban Pesach, it's got the same law as a Pesach. And therefore, in the same way that the Korban Pesach is invalid as soon as the 14th of Nisan is passed, you might think so too is the Shalmei Pesach invalid immediately after the 14th of Nisan is passed, and you're transgress the prohibition of Balta Acher immediately at that point. Kamash Malon. So the Brisa comes to teach us that's not the case. And even though it comes from the strength of a Korban Pesach, nonetheless, since it's a Shlomim, you have three festivals from the time you find it, just like a regular Shlomim, before you transgress the prohibition of Balta Acher. So that's the view of Rav Sheishes and the view of Rav Chista in what does it mean Pesach in the Brisa. Again, Rav Chista says, it doesn't really mean to mention Pesach. It's just because it mentioned Bechor and Maser, but it's really not applicable to the Korban Pesach. Rav Sheshes agrees with Rav Chista that it's not applicable to the Korban Pesach, but he says the Pesach was mentioned for a reason, not for no reason. It was mentioned to talk about the Shalmei Pesach. If you brought, if you separated a Korban for the Korban Pesach, then you lost it, and you brought another one for the Korban Pesach, and then you found the original one. You have three festivals to offer that animal. It's now Shlomim. You have three festivals, and you shouldn't think that you transgress Baal Ta'achar immediately after the 14th of Nisan passes. Rather, since it's a Shlomim, it has three festivals until you transgress that prohibition. The Gemara now goes back to the beginning. What is the source of the prohibition of Baal Ta'achar? And specifically for each of the items listed in the Brisa on Daftalim. Minani Mili. Where do we learn these rulings, all these different types of offerings and commitments listed in the Brisa? How do we know that they are all subject to the prohibition of Baal The Tanur Rabban and the Rabbi sold in a Brisa. Kisidor neder. The Torah says when you make a vow, when you make a neder, to Hashem your God, do not delay paying it. And the Pasa continues, that Hashem will seek it out from you and there'll be a sin in you if you don't offer it in the right time. That's what the full Pasuk says. So the, the Gemara now elaborates in a Brisa, goes through this Pasuk and learns out all the things that were listed in our Brisa on Daftalit. When you make a vow, a nether, on the basis of this Pasuk, I only know that a nether is included. A nether is a type of vowed offering. So you would think that only a neder is included in the prohibition. Nedava minayin. Where do I know that a nedava is also subject to the prohibition? What's the difference between a neder and a nedava? They're both verbal offerings, verbal vows to commit something to the temple. So Rashi, in a typical manner, has a very succinct way of putting it. Rashi says, neder is hare alai. A neder is when someone says, I'm taking a commitment on myself to bring an animal. The commitment is on the person, on the gavra. The person says, I will take on a commitment on myself to bring an animal. A nadava is harizu. A nadava points at a specific object or a specific animal and says, I'm going to bring this animal as an offering to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is my vow. This is my nadava. So whether it's a nether or a nadava, how do you know a nadava is included since the Pasuk didn't say a nadava? How do we know a nadava is included? Because ne'emar kan neder. The Pasuk uses the word neder here. And it's stated elsewhere. In uh, also this time in Vayikra, the Torah says, "Im neder or nedava, 
if a nether or a nadava is a sacrifice. So the use of the word nether in both psukim means that we have a gezerah shava. Gezerah shava means the same word or phrase is used in more than one place in the Torah. And we have a Masorah tradition that we can link. Sometimes these things are linked and we can learn from one context to the other. So the word nether is used in both locations. Just like over there in the Pasuk, im nether o nadava. A nadava is alongside the nether. So to here in our Pasuk, a nadava is included with a nether. The Brisa continues with the next part of the Pasuk. Lashem aleikecha. What is that a reference to? This refers to four different categories of vow. Domim and Erechin are different types of monetary vow. When someone says, I'm going to give Domai, my, my worth, my monetary value. Or Erech is my value as defined by the Torah. The Torah has different values attributed to different people of different ages, whether they're a slave or a free person. So these are different types of monetary value of a person's value or of an object's value. And charamin and egdechos, those are also different types of consecrations that we elaborated on when we learned the brisa. So these are all things that are given solely to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, dedicated entirely to Hashem, and therefore they learnt out from the part of the Pasuk that says, Lashem Elokecha. That's how we know these things are included in the prohibition of Balta Acher. The Brisa continues with the next part of the Pasuk. You shall not delay to pay it. What does it mean you shall not delay to pay it? That means you're liable for delaying to pay it, but not for delaying its substitute. And we're going to not elaborate on that right now. The Gemara is going to explain that a little bit later on. The Pasuk continues. Because he will demand it. Who will demand it? Hashem will demand it. But he will demand it. What does that mean? This is a reference to Khatas Asham Ola and Shlamim offerings, in other words, obligatory offerings of this nature. Obligatory Khatas Asham Ola and Shlamim offerings, and also other obligatory offerings that are mentioned in the Brisa, such as the Bechar and the Maser, and any other obligatory offerings. It can't be referring to voluntary offerings because they were included in the earlier part of the Pasuk under the categories of Neder and Nedava. So the Rosh Hashanah, he will demand it, is a reference to Hashem demanding obligatory offerings. The Pasuk continues, Hashem, Hashem your God. Now this is superfluous because we already know we're talking about Hashem. It's written explicitly in the earlier part of the Pasuk. So this is a reference to charitable donations and Maser, which Maser, not the Maser Behema that we talked about in the previous part of the Pasuk, but Maser Risha and the other Maestros, the Maestros of Produce, about which the Torah says, the Torah uses the word Hashem in reference to Maser and uses the word Hashem in reference to charity as well. And therefore they are included by the part of the Pasuk here that says Hashem It's a reference to these types of donations. The Pasuk continues, From you. This is a reference to the three offerings that a farmer has to leave for charity for the poor. When he drops some of the gleanings, when he forgets something in the field or leaving a corner of his field. Why is imach a reference to that? Because the Torah says, es imach, The poor person who is imach with you. That's the same word here as me'imach of you. That's a reference to these gifts that we give to poor people. And finally, the pastor concludes, that if you don't give these things in the right time, there will be a sin found in you. That teaches us that if you delay the payment of one of these vows, there will be a sin in you. But there won't be a sin in your offering. In other words, just because you transgress the prohibition of Baal of delaying 
paying a carbon, it doesn't mean the carbon is necessarily invalid. It doesn't invalidate the carbon, it just means you're late with the carbon. You still have to give the carbon, or you still can give the carbon, you're just late with the carbon and you transgress a negative prohibition, but the carbon remains valid. We're going to hold it for today. I wish you a very good day.